15 minutes. Or, uh, or minutes. You guys what? know each other, right? He's yeah. Judy. Yeah, we started Lee. talking a while ago. Lee, so Judy joined Discussing the Truth in 2018. And she said, she's, November 14th was a date, Judy. Mm-hmm. And that's an important day for you. Yes, it is. It's the anniversary of when I got my PhD. Defended my PhD, November 14th, 1991. That's amazing. So what's, what's wild is that on November 14th, she called in. I was using a studio in Wynwood Radio in Wynwood, Miami. That's when I started the program. She called in, you know, I, whatever. And she's, do you remember saying this, Judy? You said, you said, and this is harshly, she says America needs a revolution. America needs a, a revolution. revolution. You oh. remember saying that, yeah. Judy? Yeah. This was 2018. Well, because we were seeing all the injury from, you know, they killed my mom with a flu shot, grabbed her, she got AFib. You know, that's what I'm saying. They know this. And, and now they're giving it the same time. And you're giving them live influenza vaccines, and then they're still loaded with the animal virus. SARS is in the flu shot. So we knew, we knew the flu shot caused COVID. And, and, and that there are four or five coronaviruses in the flu shot. And so we had watched the Ebola gain of function experiment where Tony Fauci killed 21,000 Liberians by way of Christian missionaries um, in, in 2014 to cover up William Thompson's confession of CDC fraud in the MMR autism studies that, that started in 2001. So we've seen this and we needed a revolution because, you know, Tony Fauci stood next to Obama and they, you know, and everybody remembers the plane with the injured doctor, Dr. Kent Brantley, the, who got, um, um, who got Ebola and almost died. How did the doctor, John is his name, heading the program, save him oh with um hydroxychloroquine prayer saline dark light protect him from malaria from another co-infection that's how he saved him and they took him to the cdc and called it oh a monoclonal antibody from san diego regeneron sound like they recycled it in 2020 and yeah you think (laughs) And it never was what healed him. And then Senator Posey of Florida, I believe he was a senator, um, was going to had thousands of pages of documents and was going to prosecute for the MMR crimes for William Thompson. For what the year, government Judy? Cover up, um, 2014. And, and, and they cut, you know, it had been covered up. Brian Hooker dogged him with Freedom of Information Act, Dr. Brian Hooker. And so they lied to these and they, he kept since 2001, you know, and they vilified Andy Wakefield and what, what he showed was the same kind of injury we're seeing now. And now they're just calling it all COVID and they're killing the ones they injured, cremating them, calling it COVID yeah. and blaming, I, I mean, I honestly think that they targeted my Christian husband for his exemption form that said, I'll trust my God-given immunity and I have a booster with an oral vaccine called hydroxychloroquine. I'll prove immunity to you with my God-given immunity. And I believe they took him in that hospital and killed him. What year was that, Judy? It was a month ago. Three Um, weeks ago, my husband died. And they killed killed him. This is a genocide. It's a genocide. And, and, and it's a religious, I mean, he had, we had the piece of paper, said no problem, and I was just stunned, because he had COPD, and all he needed to do was be treated for the, for the winds, for the Santa Ana's, the dust, he, he, he just 
couldn't handle it just like he'd always have a problem with the Thomas fires and everything. And, and uh, we had a doctor who's on our side. He's undercover. He's in the ER. He's good. And he said, it's okay, Judy. I'll call ahead. No, there's nobody there. It'll be no problem. Undercover? Uh, yeah, he's um, he's the only unvaccinated, and he fights him, and he, and he stays in it, and he doesn't use his name because he can protect people. He won't give them the shot. He can see the injury. They won't. The doctors there won't show the adverse events. They're just, you know, and I didn't know till I listened on, I was on a couple of planes this week, and I didn't know until I listened to Bobby Kennedy's um, new book, The Real Anthony Fauci, that if you can kill somebody with remdesivir in three days, and it'll look like COVID. So what they tried to do, and, and only God, nurses, this doctor, they kept, we kept saying no. We kept pulling the order out of the, um, and they were trying to give him remdesivir. They took him on Saturday, and um, by Monday they were saying he's failing. Um, you have to put him on palliative care, basically murder him. And they're murdering people with fentanyl and morphine drips. And I said, I'm not going to do that. And grace of God, I got in that room, walked in there. Lori, Dr. Lori over here, she, she phoned me and she said, don't move. Please are out here. Don't move. Don't leave that room. I'm a camel, she calls me. So thank God I don't need to eat or drink. And I stayed awake the next 40 hours and loved that man right back to life. He was scared to death. He was. He sat up. He ate. He waved to his son. He said him. He was going to come home Thursday, December 1st. And I woke up in the middle of the night. Fell asleep, relaxed enough that that he was going to be okay. He was breathing on his own. Woke up uh, in the early morning, like 4.30, and he's yanking at the thing on his face, which is called a BiPAP machine. They cranked, they told me he stopped breathing in the night, and they cranked it back to full oxygen. Lori wrote a text that basically said, fuck, they'll kill him. It's too much. You burn lungs out that are already COPD. He'd gotten himself back to the place. So that level of stress or whatever happened in the middle of the night, and we trust God. So this is, I'm, you know, I'm... I'm believing my husband was supposed to die on, on December 1st, but I'm believing that I got in there because God wanted to shoot. God was right there. That man sat up eight and was going to go home. His lungs were clear, and um, he went into AFib, um, atrial fibrillation. His, I could, you could watch the thing. Had a major heart attack and died later that night. And I, when I got his clothes, his heart medication was in the closet. They weren't even giving him his heart medication. They were starving him. Yeah, they killed him. And and, and I believe they killed him because of his Christian I'll, I'll trust my God for my immunity and we're gonna call it we're gonna call it COVID. And I'm gonna fight it. I'm gonna fight it. I'm I'm filing criminal charges. And we got enough data to do that. I I had to I had to work hard to find a pathologist to do an autopsy and I'll prove to you there's not one shred of SARS CoV two in that man and and that what what killed him was denial of his medication and probably the vaccinated shedding that deadly spike protein that deadly virus on him you know for those first few days ladies and gentlemen i'm joined by attorney lee dundas and dr judy mikovitz and uh folks uh, cody cody come on over this is george Greg. Greg. Would you grab, 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 grab Greg? Uh, again, uh, uh, attorney Lee Dundas joins me with Dr. Judy Mikovits, and we, we've got two pilots that, that Lee has brought with her. Uh, what we just heard there 
verbatim was Judy's experience with her her husband who just passed away uh, a few days ago was 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 murdered. December first was murdered. Lee, update listeners as to uh, as to what, what what what's going on here now. Now you're bringing up religion and and and, and Dr. Mikevitz, uh, this is your third time joining the program. I can't agree with you more, and I can give my background on where I think this is coming from. Lee, I believe you said this is a genocide. Gentlemen, please sit down. Um, yeah, I, I think it is a genocide. And I said that loud and clear on Clay Clark's stage a week ago in Dallas, Texas. I actually had a graphic designer make a uh, collage of every dead child and athlete that I knew of. And that thing ran on four different jumbotrons and in a complete electronic screen that was behind the stage. And the reason I sound like Karen or Kim Carnes, whatever her name is, right now is I, I took the microphone and for 20 solid minutes I screamed. I said, this is a genocide. You cannot train your military in Australia to hunt down women and children in Aboriginal communities in Australia. You cannot train people in Canada to do the same thing to the First Nations Saskatchewan people. That We've done this before in history. We can do better now. We need to learn from history. This is nothing other than a genocide. And unfortunately, I got off that stage and I learned a whole other facet of this Rubik's Cube. What we're doing to our military right now is, is, is horrendous, as you well know, Ian, but what we're doing to our pilots is equally horrendous. There is a federal aviation regulation codified at like section 14 of the Code of Federal Regulations uh, at 6153, and it says you cannot medically clear a pilot when they have non-approved, not FDA-approved medical agents in their system. And what are we doing right now? We've seen multiple airlines from United to Frontier to Hawaiian mandating this jab. There's not a single FDA-approved vaccine available on the market right now in America. Everybody's confused by that. And the Comirnaty Vax, that's not something you can commercially get. So what we're saying, long and short of it is, we've got thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of pilots up in the air right now, flying around with you know, a, a vaccine that couldn't make it through the animal studies without killing every ferret in it. And now, and the reason they actually say in their own regulations, I'll read it to you. They say, the reason you're not even supposed to fly with newly approved FDA products that have been approved less than 12 months ago, and of course right now we're flying these guys with wholly unapproved products, is because they generally require at least one year of post-marketing experience with the new drug before consideration for aeromedical certification purposes. These pilots need to be certified to fly medically, right? This observation period allows time for uncommon but aeromedically significant adverse effects to manifest themselves. Well, guess what happened? They ignored their own damn you know, uh, uh, regulations. They're flying these guys, mandating in many cases that they get the jab. And what are we seeing? We're seeing aeromedically significant adverse health events turn on. I am talking people have died. I am talking people have gone blind. I'm talking people who've had strokes, who've had heart attacks. And I'm sitting right here with pilot Cody Flint, who is literally behind the controls of his plane when he essentially blacked out. He'll tell you himself, and, and I'll give up the microphone here. He has zero memory of landing that plane. And I have another pilot with me today from another major carrier, um, sorry, from a major carrier that also- Commercial. Commercial big carrier. You'd know the name. We're not gonna name it, but you would know the name and uh, also had significant adverse health consequences turn on post-vaccination. So what Bobby Kennedy, attorney Tom Rents, attorney Mary Holland from Children's Health Defense, me, 
Peter McCullough, renowned cardiac expert. Judy Mikovits has been joining us today. We sent a 10-page letter to the FAA. It's literally getting hand couriered to them as we speak, saying, you need to start abiding by your own federal regulations. You pass these rules to ensure not just pilot safety, but the fact that all of us who are behind the cockpit doors, behind them, trusting that they're medically okay, you know, that, that we can do this, that we can get on a plane safely and get off that plane with our kid and our spouses in hand. And right now what you're doing is playing a game of giant Russian roulette, betting the farm on the fact that if somebody strokes out, you've got a second pilot in the cockpit. Well, I am here to tell you, and they can tell you more than that, there are times when only one pilot is flying that plane, actively flying it. You're coming from a landing two or 300 feet above LAX's tarmac, and suddenly you got a guy with a tonic-clonic seizure, which is what killed American Airlines pilot Will Wolf. It started with that, then he ended up in ICU, then he ended up dead. You got a seizing pilot, all he needs to do is jerk hard on the stick, on the yoke, you're clipping a wing and you've got now 400 people on a Boeing 737 cartwheeling down the runway at LAX. The FAA needs to get off the couch, they need to quit sweeping this under the carpet, and they and all of the major carriers need to understand this is not a joke. You were put in place, the FAA, to ensure the public safety, and we are going to hold your feet to the fire on this, because right now all you're doing is jeopardizing it by not following your own regulations. And with that said, I'd like to turn the, the microphone over to Cody uh, Flint, who's a pilot, flies small planes in Mississippi, and he can tell you exactly what happened to him. Uh, yeah, I've got the shot, uh, first dose of Pfizer, February 1st, uh, immediately developed a severe headache. Over the next 24 hours, it kind of moved from a headache to like a, a severe burning sensation is the best way I can figure out how to put it, uh, in the back of my neck and really felt like I had been drinking. Uh, got the shot Monday, February 1st. I had my first flying job to do February 3rd, two days later, uh, took off should be about a three-hour job uh, immediately after taking off i realized I, it was more than a headache i had uh tunnel vision you know it's I, I, in hindsight i should have stopped immediately i thought i could fight through it and then go to my family doctor you know when i get done uh hour and a half two hours into the flight tunnel vision just kept getting tighter and tighter the headache just got worse and worse pulled the airplane up to turn around one time and both main rears ruptured uh, I mean, the best way I know to describe it is like a bomb went off inside my head. Immediately just slumped over in the seat, couldn't control my arms, hands, um, really almost couldn't couldn't see. I mean, it was just, you know, on the verge of blacking out for sure. Um, what kind of aircraft were you in? Uh, it's Flying. a prop duster air tractor, so it's a single-seat airplane. It's the largest single-engine airplane ever built. Um, so it's, it's big, it's heavy, it's... It's going to make some problems if it hits the ground um, in an uncontrolled way. That's for sure. And well, he doesn't fly with a co-pilot. Right. So if he's unable to land his plane, it's all over. I actually tried to land on a highway that was underneath me because I wasn't sure how long I would be able to keep it together. Uh, too many cars coming, so I just kind of flew down the edge of the highway. So if I did just completely black out and, and go into the ground with it, I wouldn't be alone and just burn up by myself 10 miles away from everybody. This Leave happened when? February 3rd. Two days, 48 hours after the shot. Um, ended up making it back to our home base, Airstrip. I uh, don't really remember landing the airplane. My co-workers pulled me out and just said that I was just shaking and just had a blank look on my face. So you were tracked on a radar and they saw your plane was No, in I just, I, I could, I, the last thing I remember is seeing, uh, we have a little short radio tower at our airstrip and I remember seeing that tower and just thinking if I can just make it another minute, two minutes, you know, I, I 
I'm like, I can do this. And that's kind of the end of it uh, that I remember. Uh, so when I landed and spun, spun the airplane around to get another load, uh, the guys working just saw me just sitting there just, I don't know if I was having a seizure or a panic attack or what. I don't, I don't remember that time. I don't remember being there. And you don't remember landing the plane? Right. Who's this gentleman here? Uh, go ahead. Yeah, my name's Greg Pearson. I'm a uh, captain for a major U.S. airline. I got the first uh, Pfizer jab on, I believe, August 26th of this year. Um, 15 hours later, I was back to where I got the jab in the ER, quickly diagnosed with atrial fibrillation. They were able to stabilize me. I was sent home the same day, still in AFib. Uh, through medication, I quickly stabilized, and I have been ever since. The repercussions are that I can no longer pilot a commercial aircraft, so I've lost my medical certificate. I have to prove, you know, anytime you have a heart condition, obviously they don't want you flying an airplane. So I have to prove through all this rigorous testing that I'm fit to fly again. And I've gone through most of it. It's been successful. Uh, I still have a few more hoops to jump through, but uh, it's still going to be a long road ahead. Why so, are you speaking out against this vaccine? Um, because I'm aware of, of a lot of my my. I've had people in my airline have succumbed from this condition um, that they, after receiving the vaccine from complications or issues directly related to it. Uh, I'm aware of numerous people through, through colleagues at different airlines. Everybody's got stories of uh, people that have had issues directly themselves with people coming to work with crushing chest pains or headaches. And, and, you know, shortly after receiving the vaccine, uh, you know, there's just, there's so many stories out there. So you combine that with what the severe repercussions is Lee was saying, you know, what, if I'm coming into land and, you know, AFib for me is directly related to the possibility of having a stroke, I could, I could have stroked out. I fly a little bit different airplane with a joystick. I could have just pushed that thing over so quick and the guy next to me wouldn't have a chance to stop that airplane from crashing. There's no chance in there's no, there's just none. So we have to speak out because it's being suppressed. I know for a fact that Pete Buttigieg knows what's going on. I know for a fact that the administration, the CDC, everybody is fully aware of these problems that are occurring in the air. The unions, the airline unions are suppressing the information. The airlines themselves are suppressing the information. This is bad business. If you want to tell people that people are getting sick and becoming incapacitated, this is flight attendants too. So the people that are critical to safety that are riding along in that tube with you are you know, not able to perform their duties, their safety duties or, or their flying duties. So they're hiding all this on purpose because it's bad for business. It's bad for the narrative, for getting jabs and telling everybody it's safe. So that's why I'm speaking out, because whatever happens to me down the road, I have to. I have to tell my story. Everybody has to tell Well, what, weren't you saying on the way in that you were flying Hawaiian and three of their pilots were saying or something that uh, they'd the had issues? When I flew out yesterday, the captain told me that he had three friends that got the vaccine uh, in recent, recently, and they had, they had uh, issues with it, and they lost their medical certificates, and they haven't been able to get them back. You know, we've all got multiple stories of our friends throughout the industry, around the country. People know each, uh, know other people in, in other parts of the world, 
everybody's experiencing the same thing. You know, I just spoke to a best mate yesterday, and he just got the booster from the J&J vaccine last week. He's been extremely ill. He had similar symptoms to Cody, and he can't go back and fly right now. It's just, it's, it's every day. And so we have to, everybody's trying to say it's not happening, but it is. And the reason that people aren't speaking out more is because they're fearful for their careers, for losing their medical certificates, for retribution from their airlines from potential, from who knows what. We're coming at us from everywhere. Well, you know, the irony, as you were saying just now, uh, Pilot Pearson, that it's it's bad for business to let this little cat out of the bag. As I was saying during our live press conference, I said, you know, I don't really know what happened on this story, but I intend to find out. My gut is telling me they got pressure from above, probably the administration, and the airline companies caved. And they said, we're going to get our pilots vaccinated. We're going to hope it's going to be okay. And now it's not okay. And they're betting on the fact that well, you got two or three pilots in the cockpit. Maybe, you know, that'll save us. Well, it doesn't save you, like I said, when you're coming in for a landing and you got one guy actively in, in front of those controls. But... Um, but this is not the way that we're supposed to do business in this country or in this industry. The Federal Aviation Agency was set up to ensure safety in the air. And as bad as it is for business to let this cat out of the bag now, I'll tell you what's going to be worse for business as somebody who represented Fortune 500 companies for a decade, is when they don't let that cat out of the bag and the absolute catastrophic worst happens. You have a guy who has a seizure, has a stroke at the controls and runs a 747 or whatever into the tarmac and kills everybody on board. At that point, the carrier, his insurance company, their insurance carriers, companies, and the FAA, if they knew about this and did nothing, probably going to be looking down the, you know, a double barrel of a nice little lawsuit. And just on the, you know, if you if you look at the Boeing 737 issue from earlier this year, they estimated from the Ethiopian and Lion Air crashes that the American lives lost. It's sad to say this, but there's lawyers know this, accountants know this, insurance guys know this. There's a per price head on people when they go down. It's a two to three million dollar hit per American life. You multiply that times 400 people on a big airplane, you're looking at a billion dollar issue and that's just straight damages. That's not including punitives if they knew about it and they covered it up. And it's not including what the DOJ may do if they get involved. The Department of Justice is charged with ensuring that the federal regulators are doing their jobs and that all the players in the aviation industry are doing their jobs. And what we saw in January of this year is the Department of Justice came out and hit Boeing hard for their 737 MAX issue because they had covered it up. Two of the guys at Boeing, at Boeing had been responsible for not letting that cat out of the bag and then people died. And what they said when they were doing their own little presser on this is, uh, you cannot countenance misleading statements, half-truths and omissions or be less than fully transparent in an industry where the stakes are this high. These people aren't making rubber duckies. These people are flying airplanes around that are full of innocent Americans, mommies, daddies, grandparents, and little kids. They went on to say, and I quote, the public should be confident that government regulators are effectively doing their job as safety is of paramount importance in the commercial aviation industry. So I got a question for this industry right now. Are you ensuring innocent Americans' lives and safety, or are you sweeping under something under the carpet that you shouldn't be sweeping under the carpet? And by the way, if you're doing that, go take a hard look at the Ford Pinot case. There's a smoking gun memo in the Ford Pinot history that was finally found by lawyers where their guys had said, yeah, we know we have a little problem with these rear-placed uh, engines exploding, and we should probably recall the Pinot, but that'll cost this much. It'll be cheaper to just let people die and pay off their families. 
was the beginning of and the end of Ford when that when that memo was uncovered. So I don't know what the FAA and the commercial airlines are going to do in response to the 10-page letter that Bobby Kennedy and me and Peter McCullough and all these other military guys, you know, have been five times deployed and have Purple Hearts to their name and our flight surgeons, what they're going to do when they receive that today. But I can tell you what they should do. They should not do what Ford did in the Pinto case. They should not do what Boeing did covering up the 737 MAX issues. And they should absolutely get out in front of this and re-medically certify all of their pilots. Put them through a D-dimer test to make sure they're not going to stroke out and have clotting issues. Put them through a cardiac MRI to make sure pieces of their heart aren't dying off. Pull troponin, which is the protein that is cast off by your heart when pieces of your heart are dying. And go do some EKGs and make sure that when you put these pilots on board an airplane, they are truly fit to fly. That's their job and they need to start doing it and not allowing to happen what you just heard. Uh, some closing comments. Greg Pearson, please, some closing comments for listeners. Yeah, I just, I just, my sincere hope is that, you know, everything we've said today is to try not to perpetuate more fear and anxiety that the vaccine has done to people already. It's to make people aware of what's going on when you board an aircraft. Everybody has the right to expect that the pilots, as Lee said, are fit to fly. That's incumbent on everybody. So everybody needs to know that that's not what, that is not what is happening right now. That's what I want to come out of this. We need to get the information out there. Um, hopefully our voices will inspire other people to come forward and they can quit saying that this is happening. Thank you, Greg. Cody, Cody Flint, please, some closing uh, comments for listeners. I have read multiple studies, some 10, 20 years old, that show pilots are at minimum four times higher risk of developing blood clots. That has got to be taken into account while mandating this vaccine, trying to force this vaccine. You're already taking someone that is highly susceptible to blood clots, forcing something, something that is known to cause blood clots on them. And they're also responsible for three or 400 people at any given time. Uh, someone is not making good decisions, educated decisions when it comes to this. Uh, it just does not make sense. And best case scenario, something happens to a pilot, they live through it, they can land the airplane, such as in my case. Well, then the FAA will take your medical from you, essentially voiding your pilot's license. So the government tells you the shot is safe. You do what the government asked you. It didn't fit you like it fit everyone else. So then the government takes your way to make a living. That's if you're lucky enough to not kill everyone on the airplane with you, including yourself. Um, it's just not educate. Education is not being used to make these decisions. It is something much more than that. I firmly believe that. Lee, Lee Dundas, please. Closing comments. This is, this is a perfect storm right now. And what we're looking at is, in my humble best guess, a matter of time, either the FAA gets out in front of this because we have put them on notice that this is happening in a letter that's going public right now so that they can no longer say, oh, we didn't know this was happening. The commercial you know, airliners, can't, carriers can't say they didn't know this was happening. But if they persist on this course, Anybody who's older than five years old with a functioning brain in their head can tell you it's only a matter of time before a pilot doesn't pull out of it like Cody Flint did and does crash everybody on board into the ground. And that is frankly not what it should take for us to do the right thing here. What should happen is, this is a warning. We know what's going on. We're getting the factual evidence out there. 
and the federal regulators now have a duty to actually do their job, conduct an investigation, and, and remediate whatever this problem is. And if that means that you ground 50% of your pilots, I'm sure the pilots sitting next to me don't want me to say this, but, but I'm sorry, if that's what is necessary to ensure public safety, then that is what you do, and you pick up the pieces after that, because it is better than having even a single major airliner go down with innocent Americans on board who had a right to step on that plane after paying their fee for their ticket and think they were going to get to Dallas and not get to heaven instead or six feet under instead. And what Cody and some of the other guys that you've talked to today are too shy to say, I'm going to say for them, this is, as he just insinuated, ripping people's lives away from them. This is a man who has two young boys. He can no longer provide for them because everything he trained to do, everything that is his profession, everything that is all he knew has been taken from him because the government said, go get a damned experimental jab that killed every rat and ferret in the trial such that they could never get it through the clinical trials and has now had a, basically a bomb go off in his brain and his life is never gonna be the same. If your listeners wanna know what's going on, they can text the word freedom to 53445. I'm gonna give that number out again. It is 53. Four four five, and if they text the word freedom to five three four four five, we're going to get them a copy of that letter. More importantly, we're going to get them a link so that they can donate. And those donations are going to pass. 100% of those that we collect in the in the days after this are going to go straight back through to help people like Pilot Cody Flint because it is not okay that these carriers and our government has said go do this and left these guys high and dry with no way to to pay the bills for their their family. Just not right. Lee Dundas, thank you, Cody Flint. Thank you. Greg Pearson.